Welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries as we're venturing through the Bible as we're going to be in Exodus chapter 9 today as we're moving along. And again, I just uh, I can't stress enough what a joy it is just to just to be doing what is being done here, going through the Word of God together and teaching the Word of God, exploring the Word of God, the will of God, exploring the mind of God, the God and the hand of God and his, the heart of God. You know, it goes much beyond just a good read. Because when you really grasp what's going on here, you really start to see things that you've never seen before. And, you know, we're we're looking at chapter 9 today, and just to kind of give us a heads up of what we're looking at, we're looking at, well, the we've been looking at the plagues. The plagues of Egypt. And we're halfway through with the plagues, because this is plague number 5. And you have to think to yourself, my gosh, how much more does it take for somebody, you know? And there is such a thing, I really believe, as, as again, <laughs> such a downfall of a stubborn mind and a stubborn heart. You know, if you've ever known somebody who's stubborn, extremely stubborn, uh, they, they, they tend to really suffer the most, I think, in life. You know, God, again, called the uh, people back in, uh, back in the Old Testament, he called them stiff-necked. And if there's something I've learned about that, that stiff necks are the first ones to get broken when they don't turn by the one steering them. And and again, we've seen so many problems over the years when it comes to stubbornness. You know, they say that us guys, us males, uh, part of the reason why uh, the females tend to live longer than we do is due to our stubbornness. We are suffering through a, a major heart attack, but we just, oh no, I'm fine, you know, we're, we're, high, we're holding our chest and we're, we're barely able to breathe, but we're saying to ourselves, I'm going to be just fine, and next thing you know, it's, um, it's over. And, and so we, we suffer from that. But again, you know, we, we take this, uh, we take this stubbornness to a whole other level at times, just like Pharaoh did. And how many times must it take? Well, I mean, we all know that there was ten. We're only halfway through here. And it's just like, my gosh, how much more does it take in order for you to really just give in? The Lord the Lord allowed the Pharaoh to become more stubborn. You know, the stubborn man had passed the point of no return. That's what, that's what was going on here. You know, by demonstrating his stubbornness, it was a serious spiritual issue. And with that, it had an enormous and deadly ramification to it. And if we continue to harden our hearts to the voice of God, you know, eventually there's going to come a time that it's going to be hardened for good. And the Bible says that whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be broken beyond repair. And that's something that could be said in, in um, or seen in the book of Proverbs in chapter 29, verse 1. And that's what we were seeing with Pharaoh here. It's vital. It's vital to listen to God. It's even more vital to obey Him. And when, we, when we're able to listen to Him and obey Him, we will see such benefits. We'll see such blessings. And I think to myself, like, oh, when, when will uh, people learn? When, when will society learn? Well, when will I learn at times? You know, I'm, um, you know I think we're all getting there as best as possible for those of us that have been walking with the Lord for a period of time. But, you know, again, it's something we don't want to play with. It's something we don't want to take advantage of because, again, you know, God is graceful. God is merciful beyond anyone or anything you'll ever see or know or read about. 
But we don't want to take advantage of that grace because we don't know at times what's going to happen. You know, God gave ten chances to the Pharaoh. And, and, and within time, these, these plagues continue to worsen. But if we were to ask ourselves the question, how far are we willing to take it? You know, how, how, much, how much are we willing to take before we say, I give up? We shouldn't have to get to that point, you know. And again, when we look at this, we look at the life of Pharaoh, the actions and the mind of Pharaoh, and compare them to the mind and heart of God. Well, which side would you want to be on? You know, again, history. We can either learn from it or we can continue to repeat it. Well, God gave us the word, His word in order to observe it and, and to also prevent from some of these things. And again, like I said, I just want to be able to, to observe these things so that way we could see just how God works, you know. And, and, and it's amazing because, again, His mercy, His grace, and the things He does, it, it's amazing. It, it's such a blessing to know that we have a God and a Creator who loves us and wants us and, and watches over us. So let's go ahead and let's get into chapter 9. And we're going to be uh, starting off with verses 1 through 7 here. We're going to be looking at it. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, and on the camels, and the oxen, and on the sheep, a very severe pestilence. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. But the Lord appointed a set of time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing in the, in the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died, but the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israel's, uh, Israelites was dead, but the heart of Pharaoh became hard and did not let the people go. You know, we're looking at the fifth time Moses comes to Pharaoh with the message from God, let my people go. Now, after the third or fourth time, Moses must have felt like, when will this end? <laughs> How many more times will I have to approach him? I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm speaking on my own behalf. But again, you know, the frogs did a number on Pharaoh where he actually said he would let them go and then went back on his word. Uh, the Nile River turning the blood, that would have done it for me. And I'm just speaking on my own behalf and personal limits. But so again, some are more stubborn. And then some are even weaker in submission. But wisdom to submission is the greatest thing that could happen. Because Moses, he displayed obedience and persistence. Pharaoh displayed stubbornness and pride. And we've all seen, biblically, what happens to the stubborn and prideful. We've heard people say that if, if you really want to hurt someone, hurt them in their pocketbook. Or, you know, ruin them economically, if you will. But this will be a double torture for the Egyptians because this will affect them economically and also religiously. Because, again, a god for every plague that was attacked. And, and this was on the god uh, called ha uh, Hathor. A, a god of fertility in the form of a cow. Okay, You know, uh, the, the Hindu people also look at the cow as sacred. Uh, the Egyptians did as well. In fact, they were... Um, they were actually defeated in a war once because of cattle. 
there was ancient records that was found uh, that the Egyptians lost a battle because their enemies actually put cattle in front of them as a as a as like a barrier. So they wouldn't shoot arrows or harm something accidentally because of the sacred nature of the cow and the livestock. And if we were to look at the mindset of what was going on, that the Israelites were not being harmed, but the Egyptians were. The cattle of the Hebrew people were fine. They were healthy and alive. The Egyptians were diseased and dying cattle. And that is the ultimate in emotional distraught. Because no one in the Egyptian kingdom would look at the Israelites knowing that they are unaffected and be glad for them. I mean, let's face it, even believers have that mentality of why me and not you. Uh, I'll never forget hearing someone say, better you than me, brother. (laughs) Again, to make it clear, this was the fifth time. The fifth request, Pharaoh knew God had the power. He had the, you know, he had the power, had to have realized that he could not win. But God was showing extreme mercy, even at the fifth request. And and this is halfway through even, okay? Now, never look at God as unmerciful by what we're seeing. This was due to the evil of the Pharaoh. And if there is something we can see through this, it would be to to not to give up when you know what is right to do, okay? Because suffering is a given at times, and, and no one is free from it. You can be the kindest follower of God, and yet someone will persecute you in the workplace, in school, maybe even family members. And the Israelites, they suffered for years in innocence. But in the end, they were victorious. Why? Because persistence and faith, it's a wonderful thing because the end result is sweet. And extremely bitter for the wicked ones who causing the pain who continue in their ways of wrong and deceit. Now let's take a quick look at verse 8 through 12 here to see what happens. And it says, this is the sixth plague that hits them. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace, and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens and the sight of Pharaoh. And it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt, and it will cause boils that break out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. And they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward heaven. And they caused boils that break out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils. For the boils were on the magicians and all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he did not heed them just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. So now it's affecting their physical being. If you've ever had a boil, even one... You know, it's not pleasant, but to be covered in them and, and, and their animals, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on which God it was attacked on this one. Because there was the God, uh, uh, the God called Typhoon, okay? Typhoon of the sky where the ashes were thrown uh, up in the air. Or, or the God Imhotep, the God of medicine. And of course, no one uh, no one was rescued from the plague. So who knows? This could have been a double uh, a double shot here, if you will. But this is the first plague that went after their lives or their physical health, even. And and so the so called wise men, the magicians that matched certain powers, were stricken and could not stand before Moses. So remember that the, the wise men, the magicians, thought they could do any miracle that God did. And they are now seeing defeat. 
Now let's look at verse 13, what it says here. And 13 to 21, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For at this time I will send all my plagues to your very heart, and all and your servants and on your people, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now if I stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet you exalt yourself again against my people, and that you will not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause very heavy hail to rain down, such as has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore, send now and gather your livestock, and at all you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal, which is found in the field and not brought home, they shall die, and they shall die. And he who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. You know, one can only wonder what God was like. What he looked like. What, what he can do by saying, just by saying it, right? Look at what he created in a week within the earth and the universe. These plagues are child's play to God. But yet they were destructive to the kingdom. But beyond the ability to do what he did, his love and grace is just as astonishing because he actually warns the Pharaoh to gather the livestock in the Egyptian kingdom because their li- because the, the livestock of the Israelites, they will not be touched. But yet God tells Pharaoh, gather your livestock. Here's what's coming next, a hailstorm. An invitation to trust God here. See, some would listen. Others would not. And as always, those who listened succeeded. Those who did not listen are living proof that God does require us to act and make the wise decisions. And there are people out there that have someone out there that they, they trust with everything, right? It could be, uh, could be advice or decisions, whatever it may be, which actually, unfortunately, takes the place of God. Many, especially atheists, will say, I do not need a God. I'm doing just fine. I've had a good life. Well, maybe for now, but it's funny when things go downhill, they actually curse and blame God, who they say doesn't exist. See, it's funny because there were a lot of people who agreed to take a lie detector test. And the test was done on, on professed atheists. And the question was, do you believe in God? And the, and the results were interesting because it showed that they actually did. They claim to be atheists, but what they're really saying is is that no God for me. See, Pharaoh did just that. God revealed himself. God gave chances. Pharaoh just said, no God for me. See, I I do not want someone telling me what to do is the normal outlook of people. Yet they allow someone to do just that, whether it be your parents, your boss, at your job, uh, the law, the government. Uh, if you're in the military, how would you get away with that one, right? <laughs> if you don't like someone telling you what to do or how to live. You salute your commanding officers when they come into your presence because you salute the rank, not the man. 
The, the man could be an unethical, incompetent joke who gets people killed, but you better salute them, right? But once they're a civilian again, they're just another person that answers to someone. So why not make God number one? Why not rely solely on him? See, he doesn't promise smooth rides, but he does a safe destination, okay? But smooth rides are also available to the obedient. Look at the Israelites in Goshen here now, right? So as we look at verse 22, what it says, And Moses stretched out his rod and toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire departed to the ground, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the, uh, with the hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it took, since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen were the children of Israel where there was no hail. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and my people and I are wicked. Entreat the Lord that there may be no more mighty thundering and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. You know, hail and hail with fire. You know, I have seen some hail. Uh, I've seen hail the size of golf balls, and they can do some damage. But hail with fire, okay, fire and ice, that's a sight to see that no one would want to see up close and personal. Uh, this plague would be an attack on a few of their gods, but especially the god of the sky and Egyptian deity. Uh, I've lived in the desert for 18 years. And driving around uh, during weather issues, I can see certain areas getting hammered with rain maybe two cities away while the sky is somewhat clear in my neighborhood. And for me, there was a sense of wonder and gladness. You know, the wonder was about the small section of heavy rain and the gladness that it wasn't over my home. <laughs> but though it has happened over my home and not others, I look at Goshen. Goshen was the place to be, uh, this place of refuge from the destructive plagues that the Pharaoh actually brought upon due to his hardened heart. And there was a large earthquake that, that struck some years back on the island of Haiti. And this, um, I forget what year it was, but it was some years back, a, a very large earthquake hit Haiti and it did some significant damage. And there were Christian people that were affected by the earthquake on the island, but what's interesting is the island as a whole, that whole island as a whole is connected with the Dominican Republic. One big island separated only by a border. Well, the Dominican Republic was unaffected by it. See, if you can't tell, I'm fascinated with world history. <laughs> and, and the leaders of Haiti, many years back, many, many years back, the leaders of Haiti, uh, according to some historical accounts, were being persecuted by the French. And the leaders apparently made a deal with the devil that if he would keep the French off their backs, that they would worship him. Well, eventually the French did stop oppressing them. And it's no secret that Haiti is one of the largest voodoo practicing countries in the world. So eventually the results of their allegiance caught up. See, Dominican Republic was never touched. 
This was like someone suffering from a cold. They could not shake and then resulting to taking heroin to get rid of it. It may work, but now you have a bigger problem with addiction and destruction to your life and health because of the, because of the, uh, the medication you wanted or required when it could have been so much easier. Pharaoh will again result to a false repentance. And God again knows truth from false. He probably thought that Moses will intercede as God's representative, but God seeks a relationship with each person individually. See, even the Pharaoh, if he truly repented, would have been gladly received by God. Because where there is judgment, there is also mercy. Because God is perfect in all ways. Some may call this a secret, but it is no secret. And and that is how to have fulfillment with God. There is no secret to that. God made it known to us. Pharaoh repented solely for relief. And often we ask of God or talk with God strictly for a need-be basis. God, I'm in trouble. I need money. I need healing. (laughs) I want this in my life. When simply just loving God in worship is the key that has been missing in your keychain. See, the amazing thing about God is out of love, he will grant those things at times. And that's out of love. But, But it's sad to see relationships that exist only on what others can do uh, for those who are befriending them. But how sweet to have those who are with you just because of who you are. And, and, and that is what fits the missing piece of the puzzle with God in a true relationship with Him. Let's take a look at what transpires next. Right, It always seems to get a little better in verse 29. So Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there will be no more hail. That you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet yet fear the Lord. Now the flax and the barley were struck. For the barley was in the head and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the spelt were not struck. For they are late crops. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread out his hands to the Lord. Then the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet more, and he hardened his heart, and he um, him and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hard. Neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord spoken by Moses. You know, we look in depth at what is going on with the plagues. The judgment that has been brought upon Egypt still seen in, still seen mercy. Right? As the wheat and the rye would continue to grow in the region. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's because God has dominion. He has control over all things. He has control over all creatures and people. Moses got to leave the city and spend it with God, not affected by the rain and the hail, because walking in the provisions of God is like having the invisible umbrella that kept him safe. See, we as followers have faith, but God has faithfulness. We too may have to suffer at times in the world around us, but God never unleashes his wrath on his followers. Praise be to him, right? But the prayers of Moses both opened and shut heaven, but the hardness of Pharaoh's heart just shut him off from all things good from heaven. That was on his own accord, 
to disregard God, right? I've made comments before that if I were if I were the Pharaoh, the first plague would have done it for me. The river turning in the blood. I'm not a pride. I'm not prideful. That would have done it for me. But unfortunately, some are more prideful by not fearing God and who He is. And there's two types of fear. The one of dread, I'm going to perish and die by my disobedience. And then there's the fear of disappointment out of absolute love and respect for the one in fear of. Some children feared their father because of consequences for wrong. But others had such a deep respect for their father that disappointing them was emotionally distraught by their children. See, God has control of all things. He allows us to wake each morning and he allows us to come home safely each day. So yes, we should have a fear of pushing the limits. But those who love him with deep compassion will have the other side of the fear. If you're going through something, do not think that God doesn't love you or care about you. God has a plan that we do not see or know at the time. But when, when we love and follow him regardless of what's going on, then how blessed are you, you know, in the here and now? And how much more blessed will you be when the trial's finally over? You know, did you know the blessings? Did you know that the, the blessings and wisdom that comes through the trials after it's all said and done? There's so many. Pharaoh would not. Pharaoh would not. <laughs> but he could have if he only listened and truly repented hardening one's heart is horrible is a horrible place to be and there is a difference between hardening one's heart and guarding their heart see we guard our heart from deceit from sin from lies from deception and evil and by that chances of not having a hardened heart will be accomplished because it was filled with light versus dark god has such a deep love for you And that I can actually assure you. I do not know what every will of God is, but I do know that it is his will that all would be saved by the receiving of his son, Christ Jesus, if he choose his grace and mercy. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall have everlasting life. Whosoever. And that whosoever can be you right now if you feel led to say, God, I believe in you, and not only do I believe in you, I actually receive you. See, many believe in God, but do not receive. And that is the ultimate loss when it is all said and done. But if I may add on to it, how many receive him? And have, a love, and have a love with him and a lifelong walk with the Lord. Well, as always at the end of every message, here's your chance. See, we get to hear the word of God. We get to hear the, we get to hear the messages. We get to hear all these things. And, and again, that, that is the ultimate gift. But you know what, again, there's more to it. You've got to receive him in order to really know what the benefits are. How fascinated are you with certain people? Whoever you are. There's people out there fascinated with sports figures, of actors or musicians. You know, they could tell you every single little thing about them. <laughs> They've done such a such a background check on them that they're obsessed with them. But my gosh, you know, they, they could care less about you if I wanted to be completely honest. Why not be obsessed with God who absolutely loves you more than anything? Why not know... The things of, of our Creator. He gave us His Word as a form of access. 
And and so again, we could read about him. And those who just read about him know of him. But how much better is it to know him personally? And that can only be done by receiving him through relationship into your heart. As a child of God, you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because he died for our sins. And we believe that he died for our sins because he said he, he said he did. The word of God said he did. It was proof of the love of God. And if you want to, if you want to see the Lord one day, if you want to know the Lord, you have to be, you have to be one of His by receiving Him in your heart as Lord and Savior. And as always, the chance is right now. How do I do that? It's simple. You say a prayer. You say a prayer of acceptance, a, re, a prayer of receiving. So if the Lord has put it on your heart, and you're saying, I do want to receive Him. I want to know Him more. I want, I want to praise Him. I want to thank Him for everything. Not, not just what He's done, but continues to do. Then I want to give you that opportunity right now to say this prayer with me. Dear God, please forgive me. Please forgive me of all of my sins. As I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. Please forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of all of my sins as I receive you into my heart. I receive you as my Lord, my Father, and my Savior. I thank you for having me, Lord. I thank you for receiving me, Lord, as I receive you now. For, Father, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you for dying for me on that cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, again... Every time that prayer is said, all of heaven rejoices. So how would you like to know that? That you know, Maybe you've never had a surprise party thrown for you. Maybe nobody's really ever given you any form of uh, recognition or, or form of gladness to see you. I can't tell you how glad God is to have you now. Because the Lord came and died for you and I. So I want to pray that you, that you continue to seek Him in all ways. And going through the Bible is a wonderful way. But remember to stay in prayer. Remember to stay close through prayer, through the Word, through fellowship with other strong believers. So may we venture through the Word together, as it's my honor to do that with you. May God bless you.